Welcome to the Comic Web Superman Old Time Radio Podcast, where each week we bring you an exciting radio episode from the early years of the Man of Steel. The Comic Web sells old time radio programs and comic books. Comic Web also offers two other podcasts. One is a variety of old time radio programs, and the other is a video podcast of old movie serial cliffhangers. You can find them on our website, comicweb.com, or just type Comic Web into iTunes and you should find them. Now just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Superman. Thank you. A bit of a warning here, at this point in the Superman broadcasting, our collection of episodes gets a little bit spotty. This Midnight Intruder storyline has 13 parts, but we only have 8 of them. We have 1, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 13. We apologize for the inconvenience. Faster than a speeding bullet! More powerful than a locomotive! Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound! Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another world who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. But before we join Superman, here is an important message. Fellows and girls, every day the city, state, and national offices of civilian defense organizations are swamped with letters from young people like yourselves. And most of these letters ask, what can I do, what part can I take in the national war effort? The writers of these letters are all too young to join the United States Armed Forces, too young to join any of the numerous home defense groups. And yet they ask, isn't there something we can do? Some of you listening now are no doubt among those who have written these letters. And I'll bet many of you who have not written have thought the same thing. Well, the answer is a very simple one, and here it is. You can do your part in civilian defense. You can help to win this war by buying war-saving stamps regularly. How does that help, you ask? How can my dime or 20 or 40 or 50 cents help to win this war? That's easy, too. For instance, your dime, just 10 cents, will buy five forty-five caliber bullets. That can be used by our soldiers, sailors, or Marines to knock five Japs or five Nazis out of commission. And believe me, it's going to take a lot of those bullets to knock them all out and win the war. Another thing, 50 cents, which represents five 10-cent or two 25-cent war-saving stamps, will buy enough fuel oil to bring one of our destroyers a full mile closer to the Jap fleet in the Solomon Islands. And you know what happens when our Navy gets close enough to turn on the heat. And here's one more thing for you to think over. If every fellow and girl in the United States bought at least five ten-cent war-saving stamps every day, the amount of money they'd lend to the government would buy enough fighter planes and bombers to blast Hitler's Luftwaffe right out of the air. So remember that each and every dime is important, that buying war-saving stamps is a very important way to help win the war. So why not pledge today to buy war-saving stamps regularly? Remember, every time you've got a dime, buy a war-saving stamp. And now, the adventures of Superman. Clark Kent, Lois Lane, and young Jimmy Olsen are in the midst of a baffling mystery. It all began when they bought editor Perry White a plasticast reproduction of a famous statue, only to have it smashed into a thousand pieces by an unknown marauder who entered White's apartment in the dead of night. This strange incident was quickly followed by others of the same nature. 
Investigation showed that ten casts of the same statue had been made at the art shop of Nino Benelli and shipped to Kramer's department store. They were sold to ten different people, and within 24 hours, nine of them had been smashed. Stranger still, those who caught a glimpse of the vandal said he wore peculiar costumes, a pirate suit, a Mickey Mouse suit, even a clown's costume. In our last episode, we learned how Clark Kent caught the man as he was about to destroy the tenth statue. Seemingly out of his mind, he was taken to police headquarters, where he was mysteriously murdered in his cell. As our story continues today, it is two o'clock in the morning. Kent and Jimmy, on the trail of clues, are standing before Nino Benelli's art shop in the lower part of town near the waterfront. Listen. Gosh, Mr. Kent, we've been pounding that door for five minutes and no one answers. I'm getting cold. Strange that Benelli doesn't answer. He lives right above the shop. Maybe he isn't home. Well, that's possible. Let's try once more. Why don't we come back in the morning? It's two o'clock. Wait a minute. I think someone's coming. Yes, there's a light. Oh, thank goodness. My hands are frozen. Uh, yes, what is it? Mr. Benelli? Yes, yes. I'm Clark Kent, Mr. Benelli, reporter for the Daily Planet. Please, why do you wake me up at this hour of the morning? I'm sorry, Mr. Benelli. I know this is a little unusual, but may we come in? What do you want? Well, I'd like to talk to you about a matter of great importance. It concerns some of your plastic cast reproductions of that famous statue, The End of the Trail, by James Earl Fraser. Please, come back tomorrow when my shop is open. Then I do business. Not at two o'clock in the morning. Good night. No, wait a minute, please. You don't understand. A man has been murdered because of your statues. Huh? What's that? Yes, murdered. Come in. Come in. Thank you. Come on in, Jim. <clears throat> now, what are you talking about, young man? What do you mean a man has been murdered because of my statue? I'll explain everything. You made ten plastic casts of Fraser's statue, the end of the trail, didn't you? Yes, and I am ashamed of them. The reproduction was so bad. All ten were shipped to Kramer's department store, weren't they? Yes, but I do not now, see... one moment, Mr. Benelli. Those ten statues were purchased by individual customers of Kramer's. And within the last 24 hours, nine of them have been smashed. Well, that is not my responsibility. No, wait, you must understand. They were deliberately smashed. Each purchaser was traced. Someone broke into the house and shattered the statue into fragments. But why? Why? Well, that we don't know. A few hours ago, we caught the man who was doing the vandalism. He seemed out of his mind. He was taken to police headquarters, and a man named Dr. Squires examined him in a cell. When Squires left, we found the man dead. Murdered, evidently, by Squires. I do not understand this. Why should my statues cause all this trouble? They are no different from hundreds of others I have made. Well, that's what we want to find out. Jim, have you a pencil and paper? Sure. Take notes as we go along, will you? Okay. Now, Mr. Benelli, I want you to tell me everything that happened from the time you started making those statues until the time you shipped them to Kramer's. Huh. I have never had so much trouble as I had with those ten statues. Oh, really? First, I did a very foolish thing. What was that? I permitted my assistant to mix the plaster. That, as you must know, is a very important step in the making of a really fine plaster cast. The plaster itself must be just right. Oh, yes, of course. And your assistant didn't mix it the right way? Oh, everything was wrong with it. I would not let them do it except the front of the shop was crowded with people. Customers, you know, looking for ornaments and such things... Also, I sell paint. Yes, but uh, what other troubles did you have? Oh, when I think of it, when the shop had cleared somewhat, I go into the workroom in the back to see how the plaster is getting along. And what do I find? Not only has my assistant mixed the plaster badly, 
Buddy has permitted one of the customers to enter the workroom to see how plaster casts are made. Oh, you don't permit customers in your workshop? Never, unless they are well known to me. Mm-hmm. The making of a plaster cast is an art, my friend. I have certain secrets. And who can tell when a rival cast maker might come to look on and steal my secrets? Well, I can tell you I got that man out of my workroom quickly and the assistant, too. I'd like to talk to that assistant of yours. <laughs> That is an impossibility. I fired him on the spot. Oh. you know where he lives? No, I do not know his address. I do not care to know. Well, did you have any further trouble? Well, is that not enough? A batch of bad plaster and a total stranger permitted to enter my workroom? The workroom of the great master Nino Benelli? Oh, just one more question. The only statues you made that day were the ten figures you sent to Kramer's department store? Uh, that is right. Mm-hmm. And you made them from that batch of what you call bad plaster? All of them, yes. <laughs> Personally, I am glad the statues have been smashed. Mr. James Earl Fraser, the great artist who created the original, will be glad too. You see, they were not my best work. Only nine of the ten were broken. I have the tenth one safely locked away in my apartment. Well, then destroy it. Please destroy it, and I will make you another one free. Well, thank you for the offer. I may take you up on that. All right, Jim, let's go. Sorry we bothered you, Mr. Benelli. It is quite all right. But let me know what you learn. Yes, we will. Good night. Good night. Well, did you find out what you wanted to know, Mr. Kent? I think so, Jim. Gosh, I didn't hear anything that would help solve this mystery. I think I did. Why? The customer who entered Benelli's workshop and watched the assistant mix the plaster. He's important, Jim. Very important. You've got to find him. Come on, let's get back to my apartment. Your floor, Mr. Kent. Good night, sir. Good night. Come on, Jim. Boy, I'm sure glad I'm bunking with you tonight. I hate to wake my mother up at this hour. I sure don't want to leave until this mystery is solved. Did you tell your mother you were staying over? Uh-huh. I called her early this evening. Oh, good. Ah, let's see. My keys. You know, what I don't understand is why was that crazy guy murdered at police headquarters tonight? And who was Dr. Squires? Squires was a phony. He killed a man to keep him from talking, and the man wasn't crazy. Then why was he dressed in the clown's costume? Well, that's one of the things we'll have to clear up. Hmm. What's the matter, Mr. Kent? Can't you find your key? Shh, wait a minute. Something wrong? Someone's in my apartment. Well, how can you tell? I can't hear anything. Shh, keep your voice low. You run down and see if you can find a cop, Jim. I'll wait here. Hurry now. Don't wait for the elevator. Take the stairway. Okay, I'll be right back. There, he's gone. Now, we'll handle this little job as Superman. Yeah, off with these clothes. There, that's better. Now, to open the door. Greetings, gentlemen. Don't move, buddy. You got a slug for you. Well, how about a little light on the subject? There we are. Great, Scott. Three of you, all armed to the teeth. Yeah, and we know how to use these cats, too. Who are you? People don't usually ask me that question. They take one look and they know. Yeah? Well, who are you? I'm called Superman. Superman? Oh, so you're Superman. We heard about you. Thank you. I'm flattered. Don't get wise, big boy. We come here to do a job, see? We got orders to pick up a statue that's in this apartment. Well, how interesting. We want it, we want it fast, see? First, I want those guns. Hey, wait a minute. Hey, 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 All right, come here, you. Now, you're next. No, no. Only one more left. Now, wait a minute. Boy. Okay, wait a minute. come and get it. No, no, I didn't do nothing. Hold your head up. No, no. Yes, yes. Uh. Oh, Jimmy's back. Better get in a Kent suit fast. Mr. Kent? Just a minute, Jim. Be right with you. 
There we are. That does it. Okay, Jim, you can come in. The door's unlocked. Oh, holy mackerel. Close the door, Jim. What's all this, Mr. Kent? Those men sprawled on the floor. I, I had three visitors. They came to pick up the tenth statue. Did you knock them out? Uh, Did you knock them out? Uh, yes, yes, with a, with a golf club. I, I was pretty lucky. Oh, gosh, I'll say. I couldn't find a cop, and when I heard shots, I ran back upstairs. Well, we'd better pick up those guns and put them in my desk in case my friends come too. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Just drop them in this drawer, will you? That's fine. And now, Jim, I think we're going to solve the mystery of those broken statues. You mean, you mean you know why they were all busted? I think so. The visit of these three hoodlums convinces me I'm right. The tent statue is in that closet. Here's the key. Get the statue and put it on the table, will you? Okay. Gosh. Oh, here it is, Mister Kent. Ah, fine. Well, you'd never think, Jim, that anything so harmless as a statue of an Indian slumped over on a horse could cause so much trouble, would you? Gosh, no. no I'm still waiting to find out why. What are you doing with that hammer, Mr. Kent? Well, Jim, the only way I can give you the answer to the mystery is to smash this statue. What? You're going to smash the tenth and last one? Are you kidding? I was never more serious in my life. Stand back. Here goes. Striking the statue a terrific blow with a hammer, Kent shatters it into a thousand jagged fragments as Jimmy looks on wide-eyed. Why did Kent destroy the statue? Does he really know the answer to the mystery? We'll find out Monday, so don't forget to listen in same time, same station. Tune in and follow The Adventures of Superman. Well, there goes Superman until Monday. Meanwhile, meanwhile, don't let the weekend go by without buying your share of war-saving stamps. And remember what I told you at the beginning of this program, you fellows and girls who are too young to join the armed forces or any of the national defense organizations. You can do your part, you can help win this war by buying war-saving stamps. So let's make a pledge right now to buy war-saving stamps regularly. Talk it over tonight with Mother and Dad. Ask them to give you a dime every day or even every other day for war-saving stamps. And then buy some extra ones out of your regular weekly allowance. And see if you can't get your friends to buy stamps regularly, too. Or why not organize a war-saving stamp club right in your neighborhood and make this your club slogan. Every time you've got a dime, buy a war-saving stamp. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look! Look in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Follow the adventures of Superman every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Superman is directed by George Lothar and is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. This is Mutual.